Steve Martin suggested that if you're ever uh, caught committing some awful crime and you've got hostages, to make at least one crazy demand so you can plead insanity later. So I want a million dollars in a suitcase, I want a flight to Cuba, and I want the letter E stricken from the English alphabet. (laughs) And the left has apparently reached that point in trying to defend the Walt Disney Company in Florida with one crazy demand. And that is, you know, just to move Disney World. Move it. Just, you know, pick it up and move it to somewhere better run than Florida. And this is where I start to lose it. Puerto Rico. That's where we're going to move Disneyland. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Green, Bill Little, and Scott Hot. (laughs) My favorite part about Puerto Rico is it's, it's a very convenient drive. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, man. We're going to get into all of this real soon. I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott in audio format only today is visiting an undisclosed location. And this is Right Angle brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. So, gentlemen, just to give you a, a brief rundown of how we got to this place where we're going to move Disney World, Puerto Rico. <laughs> I don't so, know. It was big, big enough for Disney World. Last year in 2022, in response to you know sex grooming in Florida's public schools, the Florida legislature passed and Governor Ron DeSantis signed the, uh, what do they call it, the Parental Rights in Education Act. I'm not even going to call it, I'm not even going to refer it by the slur that the left and the media, but I repeat myself, I refer to this law by, but the law is very popular. Even a majority of Florida Democrats support this thing. It's about parental rights in school. This is, you know, what America stood for since almost the beginning. Uh, So the left hired one of the biggest, wealthiest, most influential, when you consider its cultural impact, companies in the world, the Walt Disney Company, based in California, to take on Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature both popularly elected by huge margins in Florida to wage war against this bill and and now this law. And so the Florida legislature took away uh, Disney's special privileges. Now, gentlemen, I don't know how much you know about this, but uh, back in 1967, and, and Billy, you spent a couple of decades, I think, in Florida, yep. right? Um, Walt Disney got a special carve-out around Orlando. It's called the uh, the, the Reedy Creek. That's, um, That's what I was looking for. Yeah, Reedy Creek Development uh, Zone or something. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, whatever. So just refer to it as Reedy, Reedy Creek. Reedy Creek, right. Yeah. And Reedy Creek basically made Walt Disney its own little magic kingdom in the middle of Florida. That's right. Uh, untouched by florida law they could set their own their own regulations they impose their own taxes self-ruling kingdom inside of florida totally run by the disney company so the special exemption believe it or not was supposed to uh, help create epcot which was the experimental prototype community of tomorrow it wasn't supposed to be a fairground it was supposed to be an actual experimental city yep disney never delivered on that And in this war that Disney launched against the Florida government, the Florida government took away Disney's special status. It's no longer Reedy Creek. It's got some dry, boring name. The Florida Tourism Oversight District 
exciting. And so now Disney is subject to the same laws, the same regulations, the same tax code as Universal Studios, as uh, as uh, the tiniest little theme park there. Everybody's playing on the same level playing field now. This is what has the left so up in arms that a couple of New York Times columnists, we're not talking about, you know, just Keith Olbermann, who's also in on this, by the way, saying Disney should move away from Florida and open, reopen Disney World in somewhere nicer like Puerto Rico. Uh, Bill, you just want to point and laugh, but they're serious, aren't they? First thing, I because I, I hadn't heard the story until just before we started rolling. The first thought I had was a Stephen Wright joke, which is, um, they say it's a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, First ride ever, by the way. The... Yes. So my dad was a hotel manager, and and because of that, I got a chance to go to Disney World probably two, three months before it opened. Wow. Open to the public, right? They, and it wasn't just us. I mean, obviously, this entire group of people who were kind of like the dress rehearsal for the place. And being the sci-fi uh, nerd I was, we stayed at the Contemporary Hotel, which is this kind of hollow building. It's got these slab sides, and the monorails go right through the lobby. And to me, that's the epitome of the future, and I was as happy a camper yes. as I could have been. But moving just that hotel would be a lot of work. I mean, it would take it take probably two hundred guys easily, you know, to to lift that thing, um, <laughs> and and carry it, walk it down the length of the Florida Turnpike, put it on a barge in Key West, and then tow it, you know, because you'd need a couple of Boston whalers at least to do that, I would think. And th- and that's just the one hotel, Steve. That's not the the rest of the stuff. <laughs> it, You know, this is the kind of thing where you really just have to kind of discipline yourself to say, surely we're being trolled. And then you then you look back on your life experience of the last several years and realize, no, we're not being trolled. These idiots actually believe this. Um, So let's just say for the sake of the argument, right, just for the sake of the argument, that by losing these special protections that they've had since the beginning, let's say it costs them one hundred million dollars a year. Right. How many years of $100 million a year would you have to pay before you got into the cost of <laughs> moving <to> Disney World? <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, it's it's just it's just crazy, crazy. And by the way, just it's, it's completely unrelated, but it's, it's just triggered this thought about fines and penalties. Uh, there's a, a restaurant out here that we like very much. And we went there for our birthdays, Natasha and I. And they serve martinis with uh, dry ice in it, which really is kind of cool bubbly effect. Keeps it cold, doesn't water it down. right? And, and they used to just bring these things out, and I loved them. And then suddenly, they didn't And it, at, the, at the restaurant in Beverly Hills. And they said, what, what, where's my dry ice? Why does this look like just a regular martini? They said, well, because some, somebody swallowed the dry ice, and so now we can't do this anymore. <laughs> Right? I said, oh, great, good, good. We're lowering our standards to that of the biggest idiot. Anyway, we went out for our birthdays a, a couple uh, weeks ago, and the, the dry ice was back. Oh. I said, the dry ice is back. Isn't that great? That's cool. I guess we decided maybe I shouldn't swallow the dry ice. And, and by the way, what are you going to do? Protect me from eating my own fork. Um, <laughs> but anyway, here's the thing that, that really impressed me. Did they, So they... So they so they removed the the legal restriction. Said, "Oh no, no, they didn't remove the restriction. No, every time that uh, that government people come down here and see us serving this stuff with dry ice, we get fined. Uh, 
the manager just said, pay the fine. Hmm. And I thought, Good. really? Yeah, we pay the fine. It. We're not gonna we're not gonna degrade the the experience of this restaurant to to you know because some bureaucrats four hundred miles away has decided you know that uh, that they can make some extra money off of this. So pay the fine. Anyway, look here's the thing about Disney, right? Disney World, Orlando. I was just barely remember when Orlando was essentially a a, a bus transfer point. Orlando became the most popular tourist destination in the world because of Disney buying up huge tracts of essentially worthless swampland in the middle of Florida and turning it into this miracle, because Disney World is a miracle. I grew up, I went to Disney World probably 12 or 14 times before I moved to California, so I saw Disney World 14 times before I saw Disneyland in Anaheim, and when I saw Disneyland in Anaheim, I said, that's not Cinderella's castle, that's Cinderella's tool shed, that's Cinderella's <laughs> castle in, in Disney World. It's seven times that size. So, it is, it is a landmark, and the entire purpose of Reedy Creek was as an incentive, yeah. right? It's an incentive. It's like, come and develop this land, and we'll give you these tax breaks. Okay. Well, that's long before they turned into a, a, a media empire that owns everything, ABC News owns Star Trek, owns Star Wars, and owns everything. And they still want this benefit. And 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 the main thing out of the story, Steve, is is look at how hysterical the left gets when we fight back. And they just just unreasonable, unthinking lunatic. We're going to move lunatic, Disney. Yes. And by the way, I, I, just out of due respect for our Democratic friends. I have some concerns that if you move something as big as Disney World to um, Puerto Rico, that there'd be a significant danger that that island could capsize. And um, <laughs> and that's something that I don't think these guys are factoring uh, factoring this in as, as, as quickly as the rest of the science lovers. Um, you know, Billy, you gave me a, a great unit of, of measurement here, I think. Um, so if I had to, to just kind of ballpark it. Uh, Ant-Man 3, after you factor in uh, production costs, marketing costs, and weak ticket sales, is probably going to lose Disney about $200 million. So if if you're right that it would cost them $100 million extra year in, in taxes and compliance, that's half an Ant-Man 3 yeah. every year. <laughs> so let's definitely move it. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> got right. we, we to get that. But uh, Scott, this actually, the, the, this actually brings me to the, the broader point. Um, Disney's problem isn't that Disney World is in the wrong location or that they've suddenly yeah. lost their their unprecedented legal status there's their privileges that no other company in the history of this country anywhere has ever had their problem is is they've taken the Star Wars franchise and they've killed it they've taken the MCU and uh, I think they're in the process of killing no, it's it dead. Uh, uh, they're, they're they're taking their their own properties remaking them as live action uh, remakes that suck and so they're killing their own intellectual property and at the same time they're doing all this they're they're engaging in a political fight that they cannot win against one of the most popular governors in the country um, isn't that a lot crazier than anything that anybody said on Twitter about moving a theme park yeah I think so I mean if you've got a creative enterprise um, the only way to keep moving forward so to speak quoting meet the Robinsons um, is to be creative and if you start 
losing that spark and you're just rehashing old stories. I mean, Walt Disney was one of the few people who could take an old story and make it fresh. I mean, when he took Jungle Book and, you know, the, as the legend goes, you know, his he said, we want to make a movie out of Jungle Book. And and so his people said, OK, we'll go out and get copies of the book for everybody. And he goes, no, 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 no. I don't want you to read the book. Here's the story. <laughs> this is what happens in Jungle Book. There's this boy. There's these animals. They do this and they blah, blah. OK, now go ahead do it. <laughs> and, and it's, he had a vision for that. And he was able to transform an, a, a relatively old story into something fresh and alive. Um, and now to do these remakes and rehashes and, you know, let's take it and turn it into a live action film because it did so well, it, it becomes a property uh, in more ways than one. It's not just a creative act anymore. Now it is, it is a franchise and now you've got to build the franchise and it, it, it it takes a different kind of person and a different kind of organization to build franchises than it does to create new ideas. And that's what happens to most big companies. They start out as a creative enterprise and then they they say, wow, this is sweet. Uh, let's keep the stock value growing. How can we do what we just did yesterday again today and slightly different and see if we can make more money on it? Um, so that it's just sad to see that happen, but it's it's kind of inevitable. Now, the difference with Disney is they've been very effective at doing it for a period of time, and it's only been in recent years that they've started to squander this, this amazing cash machine, the, this goose that laid the golden egg. And now, you know, to have people thinking that the problem is Florida or the problem is a, a Republican governor of Florida um, or something having to do with a, you know, a tax enterprise zone or something like that is just absurd. I mean, when you first started talking about this, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's have the carnies load up the tilt-a-whirl on the 18-wheeler and just <laughs> yeah, drive to the next town. Yeah, I mean, have you um, ever seen And when you said uh, it's a self-ruling kingdom, all I could think of was, isn't that what we all want? I want one of those kiddos for me and for each of us. Um, I, I know that these people are just trying to be provocative, and so I don't see any long-term consequences of that. But I do think there's a broader issue. When you have tax incentives uh, for, to, to lure any kind of area, there are always long-term consequences of that. Because if it took a tax incentive to get somebody to move there, it may take a tax incentive to keep them there. In Disney's case, it's a rare situation where I thought it might be justified. As Bill said, it's not getting any better than this. If on something that could happen, they fail and sink into the swamp, and we don't lose much. Um, but in most tax districts in this country, the governments are constantly saying, "Hey, if you come here, you don't have to pay any taxes for ten years." And then ten years later, the company says, "Okay, we're ready to move. What will you do to keep us?" Uh, and I think that's uh, always a mistake from in terms of governance. Can I add one yeah. thing? Steve just needs to yeah. be there. I think. Please. First of all, did 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 Scott sound like a Zylon warrior for you there? Did, uh, yeah, there yeah. Were, there were a couple of stretches there where yeah, we're yeah, getting right. some uh, yeah little a little internet uh, distortion. Um, so, just needs to be said. Uh, I saw Glenn Beck speak once. I introduced him at an event, and and he brought a bunch of his historical things. One of the things he brought was the original prospectus for Disneyland by Walt Disney. And he goes to the trouble to point out that in the prospectus for Disneyland, Walt Disney says, this is a place that will represent everything that's good about America. Family, you know, uh, wholesomeness, uh, decency, courtesy, all of that stuff. And it's a, it's a 
criminal sh- it's almost the same thing as calling the nation's capital after George Washington. You know, it was supposed to be once a big honor. Now it's like they should call the nation's capital, you know, Arnoldville. And Disney's name should not have yeah. to go through what they're doing to Disney. Because he yeah. was an amazing, amazing American. You know, only somewhat off topic, I guess. I, I could see sort of the beginning of the end, just the, the, the faintest glimmer of it. Um, after Disney bought Pixar, and a couple of years later, they did their uh, first non-Toy Story sequel, and it was Cars 2. Um, and it was just lame and lazily written and kind of obvious. And Pixar, which used to mean a level of quality up here, they still make good stuff generally, but that level of quality is, has been coming down Nine Slowly. hits in a row, was it? Nine, seven, eight, nine blockbuster hits in a row? Oh, just, a- just, Amazing. just massive. Amazing. Um, and I'm not saying they've released nothing but crap since Disney bought them, but you, you, you've you watched that general level slowly. Lots decline. of sequels, yep. And uh, to Star Wars, they killed it off almost instantly. The MCU has been petering out since, since Endgame. But what really gets me about this, here we have a, a clear-cut case of uh, – and I usually don't say politics are, are, are clear-cut. Politics is usually pretty muddy. But here we've got a pretty bright line drawn between one side that's trying to protect kids from groomers and another side that's using the, the, the fiscal weight and cultural muscle of the Walt Disney Company to defend these actions. And if there's a, a bright line here, it's got to be the one where you get on the side of parents being able to defend their own children from from predators. I think that's pretty damn clear. And uh, our prospective GOP presidential nominee for 2024, Donald Trump, has come out on the side of Walt Disney. I, I wish I were making this up, but on uh, uh, Truth Social, which I only read about this because somebody reposted it on Twitter where people actually are, uh, Trump said DeSantis is being absolutely destroyed by Disney. Now, he doesn't say his original PR plan fizzled. So now he's going back with a new one in order to save face. Again, none of this is explained. Disney's next move will be the announcement that no more money will be invested in Florida because of the governor. Uh, by the way, Disney's moving 2000 jobs from California to Florida, Mr. Former President. Uh, in fact, they could even announce a slow withdrawal or sale of certain properties. Here's Trump getting on the move. Disney World bandwagon or the whole thing. Trump says, watch, that would be a killer. In the meantime, this is also unnecessary, a political stunt. Ron should work on the squatter mess. I have absolutely no damn clue what Trump is talking about here. All I know is there's a bright line, and he's on the wrong side of it. That's your right angle on that, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. For Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, I'm Steve Green. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.